Welcome back to the Sports Credential Podcast. I'm your host, the editor of the Sports Credential, Stephen Boero. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Hope you guys are following along to each week and enjoying the episodes. Like I always say, I'm enjoying uh, doing them for you and talking about Nashville sports. Uh, we have a good episode ahead of you. We're going to dive into some Preds talk. Obviously, their season coming to an end uh, last week. Not in the playoffs, uh, but they had that push at the end, and there's a lot to kind of unpack with how the season ended, where they're at right now in terms of whether or not they're a contender or they're in a rebuild. So there's a lot to discuss there, as well as what the future likes for next, what the future looks like for next season with Barry Trotz taking over the reins of GM. First off, I just want to say uh, thank you guys for listening and subscribing and listening to each episode um every once again every week on spotify on apple uh, podcasts uh even on youtube right now we have just the audio but working on some video hopefully we'll be doing that within the next couple weeks and we're going to have some great guests coming up um i'm playing it out so hopefully next week we'll have a guest to talk some uh, vanderbilt baseball or Pred. so i'm working on some stuff so keep your uh, ears open and your eyes open because we're gonna have some good stuff and please be sure to follow the sports credential podcast on spotify apple apple podcasts and youtube as well as following us on social media because that's the best way you're going to get all the top news coming out of the national sports world and each podcast will pop up, pop up right in your feed whether on spotify or apple podcast you're going to get a notification right away as soon as a new episode drops so be sure you guys are following that to make sure that you're up to date on everything because we're going to follow along with the news what's going on and you want commentary or you want to know what's happening with a certain sports team or you want to hear what we have to say about the national predators which we we're going to get into today we're going to have you covered at the, at the sports credential and the sports credential podcast so Make sure you guys are subscribing, make sure you guys are liking, and make sure you guys are sharing. So anyone that you know, any friend or family or any uh, fellow fans in the Twitterverse or social media world that you know would enjoy the Sports Credential Podcast, let them know because uh, we have so much more to talk about heading into this summer and going into some draft talk, both for NHL and Titans. So there's so much going on. We have so much to talk about. So really excited about that. Let's start off with some opening topics. Uh, let's dive right into Nashville SC. This past weekend, losing to NYCFC in New York 2-0. Um, not a great look after dropping uh, some points against Cincinnati going uh, 0-0 at home. Um, but they have a big couple weeks coming up. Four straight home games for the first time ever at Geodas Park. Four straight home games for Nashville SC, first against LAFC, then on Wednesday, the the 26th, uh, Nashville's going to be taking on San Antonio in the U.S. Open Cup, uh, first weekday match of the year for Nashville SC uh, at Geo's Park, and then after that, to end the month of April, they have Atlanta United. It is a midday game on April 29th, that's a Saturday, so... 12:30 game nashville atlanta big rivalry matchup that's going to be a really fun one and it's going to be an important one especially now that nashville's back in the east it's going to be an important game to pick up not only against rival but against a 
conference rival, and Atlanta's really showing off this year with uh, Diago Almada. And then after that, Nashville opens up May on the 6th with a game against Chicago at Geodis Park. So four straight games against LAFC, the reigning champ, then San Antonio, which is a great USL club in the U.S. Open Cup, and they have Atlanta and Chicago. And Atlanta's really, uh, they look pretty good this year. So it's going to be really interesting to see. But um, yeah, right now, things are not working as well as they should have should be for Nashville FC, as well as they did at the beginning of the season. You're dropping the game in, uh, and to NYCFC. I said 2-0, but 2-1, actually. Hani Mukhtar scoring a goal in the second half. But at that point, they, they weren't able to muster anything together to really create anything to pull out a draw or even come back to pull out a win. But it's been rough these last couple of weeks for Nashville SC and Nashville SC fans. And the biggest issue is the offense. Now, obviously, they, they can see it two goals. But, you know, Joe Wills isn't going to put up a clean sheet every single game. The defense isn't going to be impeccable every single game. But um, the offense continues to just be absolutely flat. There's just no momentum building. There's no creativity in the front. And is that a blame on the the ability for Fafa and Jacob and whoever is in that position working with Hani and, and CJ? It's is, is that or is it just a tactical issue that the Gary's really not setting up these guys for the best success on offense and is playing more, you know, defensive ball, AKA Gary ball. So there's going to be a lot to look at these next couple of weeks, especially when they have the ability of being able to sleep in their own beds, you know, eat at home, eat at their favorite places, be the, the comfortability of being at home with four straight games in Nashville. Um, so it's going to be really important to see how the team plays with that comfortability, with that luxury of being able to stay here in Nashville, be able to sleep in their own beds and be around their friends and family and not the you know wear and tear of what travel does to some of these athletes. So it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really important. Uh, LAFC is a tough team. They're really good. They're the favorites to win it all again this year. But if they can have a good display and be able to score a goal or two, you know, a win might be tough. But draw, I would say a draw against LAFC at home is would be amazing. Amazing. And San Antonio is a tough team. But um, I think Nashville, Nashville fans should, I think Nashville fans are expecting a win, especially at home. Uh, and then uh, Atlanta, huge game, huge game. Uh, if you're not going, you should probably go because it's going to be one heck of a matchup. Uh, it's gonna be lots of fun too. Yeah, those games coming up for Nashville C, but they gotta figure out something, or we're gonna get into uh, panic mode pretty soon. I would say by mid-May to early June, if things are still going the way they're going at right now, it's gonna start to be uh, uh oh, what what's gonna happen? But we did see uh the other day Nashville C uh traded some uh general allocation money to Cincinnati for an international spot. So obviously. Mike Jacobs and that front office staff is they're they're making moves to set themselves up for a bigger move uh, with uh, adding an international roster spot. Obviously, they have their eyes on someone or some others uh, in Europe and South America, overseas, obviously, right now um, to possibly add to Nashville. Uh, so that's a good thing. It shows that the 
they're not just stagnant and being like, well, this is this is where it is right now, and we're just going to deal with it. No, they actually they're trying to build something, and they're going to try to add to make the team better, regardless if they're you know not doing great or they're just kind of stuck in this limbo world, which it kind of feels like that's what they are right now. The defense is good, but they're not scoring. And when the defense doesn't perform very well, then they're going to drop three points. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see and uh, really exciting. Um, it, it, it might be a rough couple weeks, but it's going to be a very important couple weeks for Nashville SC. So hang in there, Nashville SC fans. You're going to get four straight home games, so I know you guys are going to have a good time out there. But hang tight. It's it's going to be a it's going to be a interesting couple of weeks. Also, uh, got pre- uh, talk about a little bit of Vandy boys, man. Uh, they continue to kick butt, taking on top ten ranked South Carolina here in Nashville at Hawkins Field. Didn't win the first game, got blown out by a couple couple runs, uh, but came back to win the second and third game of the series to t- take the series two three, a two out of three. So Randy boys continuing to prove, show their dominance and showing that they could bounce back after a bad loss. They're, I mean, continue to have a some tough series. I mean, I, I we talked about this last week. They have some tough series to finish this season, and pretty much starting with South Carolina until the end of the season, they're going to have some really, 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 really tough opponents. And they're going to have to play the best baseball they've ever had. So yeah, up this week in front of Vandy boys, they're going to be in Knoxville to play university of Tennessee. And that's going to be a big away series for them. If they can pull out two out of three, that would be ideal for them. If not, as long as they don't get swept, you know, you regroup and you move on. A lot going on. If you're not paying attention to Vanderbilt basketball, uh, excuse me, Vanderbilt baseball, you really should be paying attention to <laughs> paying attention to them because they are a great team and they're going to make some noise. And once uh, tournament time comes and regionals come, uh, you're going to want to know this team and you're going to want to pay attention and feel like you were in on them before postseason play starts because this is a really fun team. And it's very talented, and they're going to make some noise. So, yeah, Vanity Boys, doing fantastic. Uh, super psyched for them and super excited to see how the rest of their season plays out. But now let's get into our main topic of today, which is the Nashville Predators. Predators, uh, you know, after finishing last season getting swept by Colorado in the playoffs, uh, Colorado going on to win the whole thing. There were a lot of questions about whether or not this team is still a competitor for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Are they still someone that fans can invest in and teams will know that this is a playoff-worthy team, this is a championship contender? Um, And they decided to sign Philip Forsberg to that huge deal, which meant that they were all in. They made also a couple signings with Juicy the season before. So, obviously, David Poyle went into the season saying, we are still competitors, giving John Hines a contract extension. I did not agree with, but there's a lot of things I didn't agree with with John Hines. I'll get into that a little little bit. But going into the season, there were still hopes that this team could possibly be a contender. I know a lot of people in the media, a lot of fans on the outside felt like this was going to, you know, fall, you know, was going to drop right on their heads and be kind of a disaster. And though the Preds did struggle for a while early on in the season, um, really not finding their groove, dropping games, uh, games going into OT when they really shouldn't have, 
even if you look at Juicy Saros' record, uh, he should have had more wins than he actually got because of how poor the offense was doing uh, at times. Um, and obviously, this, this last two months of the season, the Preds were dealing with a lot of injuries and all that. But that first half of the season, they really were not con- connecting. And uh, that's when David Poyle announced that he was going to retire and be handing it off to none other than the first coach in Predators history, Barry Trotz, who just came back from the Islanders after a pretty successful stint with them. There was that transition, and there was that moment where, like, okay, David Poyle's not going to cling to this GM position until he, he can't even do anything anymore. So he, he, he's he been here forever. He's arguably the greatest general manager in the history of the game. He's the most wingless general manager in this history of the game. Uh, you could argue he is the yeah is the most successful if you look at what how he's brought this team from an expansion team in a city that doesn't even know what offside is in hockey to the team possibly moving and Nashville losing this team to then putting together a great team with a great solid set of guys drafting uh, Pekka Rene and Shea Weber and all these great guys and then being a Stanley Cup contender and going to the finals and being a playoff team every year in a presence trophy winner and having that, that streak of six or seven straight playoff appearances and being kind of the face of Nashville sports. I mean, anyone that comes to Nashville and you want to model your business or your sports team after something, not even Nashville, if you're an expansion team in a city that's not really familiar with that sport, whether it be soccer, hockey, or even football or baseball, if that's not what you're, city or region it's known for you're trying to grow that sport and grow that franchise i would say look at the predators model how they've been able to become the top tier team in nashville become one of the most expensive tickets and one of the most desired tickets when it comes to season ticket holders and uh, an event that even non-sports fans are like yeah i'll go to a preds game more than maybe a, a, a Titans game. Obviously, Titans are still king. Football's still king. This is Tennessee, after all. But the Preds have really transcended that, and this being a football state or even a college basketball state, and to this being a hockey city, a real hockey destination for hockey fans. Uh, we saw that with hosting the All-Star game. Nashville's hosting the NHL awards and the NHL draft this year. That says something because these fans are passionate and you have to really look to David Poyle, who's built off of that. So going back into the what we were talking about before, he decided to hand off that baton to Barry Trotz, who's a brilliant hockey mind. I mean, talk about a perfect uh, transition of power from David to Barry. So he made that decision. And then obviously they made a decision to be sellers and trading off a lot and picking up draft picks and uh, dumping contracts i mean they were sellers with a capital s at the trade deadline uh they were not going all in they were not picking up pieces and giving away draft picks let's just take a look back at what the predators did and if you go to the sports credentials website and go to news and hockey scroll down a little bit you're going to see a story we wrote last month about how the preds finished up the trade deadline with major draft picks and freed up cap space so let's take a look. They were able to sell off a lot of decent pieces without giving up players like Matt Duchesne or Roman Yossi. I mean, if Roman Yossi left, there would have been riots. Um, Juicy Soros. There was a you know conversation. Should they keep Soros 
or could you trade Soros and get a major haul in return? Because he's obviously one of the best goaltenders in the league. And they had a couple up and coming guys. You know, once again, we keep hearing about Milwaukee and the system that David Poyle has created with all these young players coming up. We have yet to see the fruits of that labor. Um, we've seen little pockets of that, but haven't seen a whole lot of that. But there was that conversation, but they decide to keep Juicy and keep Matt Duchesne and keep those big guys as big stars. But they were able to free up a lot of cap space and make a lot of room for improvement for the near future. Sending Nino Niederreiter to Winnipeg Jets for a second round pick in next year's draft 2024, which I would say that's a pretty solid. Uh, They didn't pay a whole lot for him. So being able to trade him in his final year uh, to Winnipeg, who sneaked into the playoffs for a second round pick next year, I'd say that's a pretty solid get up buy off. A very logical trade. Made sense. He wasn't producing. He, he was going to finish his season in Nashville. He was, his uh, contract was up, and the Preds were not going to resign him. So move him and get something in return. It wasn't obviously one pick in the second round, but that's pretty good. That's pretty good for how, now how much they paid for him two seasons ago. And then obviously the two biggest deals that were made were sending Ekholm and Granlin away freeing up about $11 million. Man, that's a, that's a nice chunk of change given up. You give away a great player like Ekholm and then uh trade away. Michael Granlin has looked like he was, might've been the future of the predators, obviously not, but freeing up a lot, a lot of space. Fred sent Ekholm to the Edmonton Oilers who are, Definitely going to be top-tier Stanley Cup contenders this year, and they're looking pretty good in the playoffs. Uh, sent them to the Oilers for a first-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year, as well as two players. Then Grandland was sent to Pittsburgh, freeing up about $5 million, and received a second-round pick in this year's draft. Uh, Pittsburgh fired their GM, and a lot of people are saying, just for that Grandland deal, because they traded for him, and then they signed him long-term. And they lost the second round pick and uh, they missed the playoffs. And they lost that last spot to the Islanders in a big game that they dropped towards those that last month of the season to the Islanders. That was pretty magical. And, and I think uh, uh, David Poyle showed how good he was, how good he still is at this trade deadline, picking up some great picks, freeing up a lot of cash space and moving the right guys for the right moment for this team. Instead of saying, well, we're paying Forsberg a lot, we're paying Juicy a lot, and uh, we, we're going to go full rebuild. Let's send them away, free up cap space, and get some draft picks. He did not do that. He kept the kind of relative foundation of this team, kept the foundation and traded away pieces that he knew were expendable and picked up some major draft picks along the way. Obviously, trading away uh, Tanner Janot, I think that was a great deal. There was a lot of conversation about whether or not he's is he the future. Uh, is he really, can he be that superstar they need him to be, or is this a good time to trade him and possibly get something for him? And they traded him, and they got a haul from Tampa Bay, including a fourth and a fifth round pick this year, and a second round pick next year, as well as a first round pick in 2025 so that was a huge haul for the predator setting them up for not only this year's draft next year's draft in 2025 a first round pick in 2025 
by that time, the Preds could already be a competitor again, and having that first-round pick could set them up for the future. So that was a major haul. And you have to look at David Poyle and say, man, what the heck were you doing? What are you on right now? You're, you're, cook- you're cooking up something good. And they were able to pick up a couple other young guys like Isaac Radcliffe and uh, Rasmus Asplund and uh, obviously getting Cal Foot from uh, Tampa Bay in that deal. They also signed Dante Fabro and Kevin Lincoln uh, to one-year deals, just kind of pick, getting those younger guys and just signing them up for just a one-year, keeping them in town just for that single year. Just so really fantastic trade deadline. I mean, talk about a major win. I think uh, a lot of people said they, they were the biggest winners coming out of this draft. They were able to keep their core, keep their star players, keep their keep their top-tier goalie while being able to trade away some solid pieces and getting a major haul with, with those guys. I mean, it was a uh, really a, kind of uh, amazing to see and all the uh, Poyle haters and Poyle doubters kind of had to take a step back and go, Whoa, there's a reason why this guy is arguably the greatest GM of all time. Cause he could do stuff like that. And he's got a mind to do stuff like that. And obviously we knew Barry was in the mix and in conversation because this was his team that he was going to take over. But, I mean, it was David. David was making those moves, and he kind of left that lasting, made that last kind of stand as his general manager's last couple big moves. And uh, they hopefully they'll pay off for the Predators, but at the moment and right now, it, looked fanta- it looks fantastic. It looks like he set this team up for success in the near future. Still a lot of work to do, but it didn't look like, okay, this team's going to be bottom feeders for the next three to five years, and maybe they'll be able to pick something up this is, looks like a retooling the the word that the, the uh, titans keep using for them trying to become competitors again is that retooling but it looks like the preds are doing exactly that they're keeping their foundation but they're building stuff so in the draft and with that free cap space they can make a move to put this preds team from playoff contenders to championship contenders but even with all this them being sellers and getting rid of these guys and signing uh, getting a bunch of young guys that kind of floating around in milwaukee and up here in nashville and signing a couple guys to one-year deals the preds were still in the mix towards the end of the season they were always within three points four points of that wild card spot up until the very end even with all this selling, all this saying, uh, we're we're gonna, you know, we're gonna go into a little bit of a rebuild, a retooling. They were still able to play at such a high rate that they were still a playoff contender with three games left in the season. You know, the final two games they played were just for morale, but they were able to pull some wins together. Great win against Calgary in overtime to say, holy crap, this team actually might have a chance. And just really kind of show fans that even though they traded away some stuff and they definitely underperformed in the first half of the season, that this team is still good and they still have a lot of great pieces, obviously, and a lot needs to happen. And a lot of guys got to stay healthy and they got to make sure they perform at the rate they're supposed to be performing. But even with the underperformances in the first half, even with trading off some solid pieces at the deadline and freeing up that cap space and kind of keeping that just that foundation that foundation was able to level up and fight for a playoff spot and it was really impressive and it was really fun to watch and i think if you're a preds fan you should be looking at this and being i'm excited for the future i feel confident for the future 
I am absolutely thrilled of how this team played and where they are right now and where they're going. Because a lot of teams after the deadline, just they just trickle down. They just become absolute disasters. Or teams, they go all in and they become a disaster. They don't do anything. And they're still in that limbo stage. The Preds decide to not be a team that's just going to be okay and just make the playoffs so they can say, oh, we made the playoffs this year. We did something. Because I know Nashville fans are sick and tired of that, of the status quo, of just being just being good enough to make the playoffs, but not being good enough to really make a push for anything. So they decide to make that move and give up those players and free up that cap space and be sellers at the deadline. But they were still able to fight and play fantastic competitive hockey. That key word, competitive hockey. And uh, I think you really have to look at and attribute that to Juicy Taros. Saros has been unbelievable this season, and there's a reason why he's the Preds are really pushing for him to be a the Vizina uh, Trophy winner. Obviously, you know Pecorino was was no stranger to that trophy. Usually, was kind of in the mix of that last year. I believe he was a finalist, and how he really should be in the mix this year. Now, let's take a look at his stats from this season. Saros played 64 games. And his save percentage was 91.9 with a goals against at 2.64. And we look at the goaltenders with the best goals against percentage, one of them being uh, Isla Sorokin from the Islanders, the other one being Jake Odinga from uh, Dallas. And if you scroll down a little bit more, you're going to find Juicy Saros. There was not many goalies that were better than him. And obviously the defense and the offense kind of clicked better and they were able to score more points instead of having to, you know, play catch up on defense like they were many times this season. His save percentage and his goals against would have been significantly better. He played out of his mind. What he was able to do for how poorly this team was doing, I mean, offensively, the, the Preds kind of stunk. The players scored the most points on the Predators this year was Roman Josie a defenseman, uh, and he had 59 points. When you look at the top, the most points scored among the NHL this year, Romagnosi finds himself uh, at 97th on the list, so barely breaking the top 100. Behind that would do Shane with 56, uh, Tommy Novak at 43, and Phil Forsberg just giving that big deal of 42. After that, it's Cody Glass with 50, uh, 35 and 30 and under for everyone else. Obviously, some injuries, but Matt Duchesne played 71 games. Uh, Roman Yossi played 67. 65 and over games, and the offense still really, really struggled. And even with that and the games that the Preds should have won but lost or should have been able to win in regulation but you know went to OT, uh, UC Soros still kept them in that fight. I would say without Soros performing the way he did, Nashville would have been 10 points outside of the playoffs and their season would have been over weeks ago. But he kept them in it. And I think when you look at a team for the future, especially with hockey, you could have the best score in the, in the league, but you can't stop goals if your goaltender isn't very good. You're not going to do anything. And we saw that for years with Connor McDavid being by far the best player in the National Hockey League, but because the Oilers stunk, he wasn't getting the credit. He wasn't really seeing him playing competitive hockey in the late in the season or in the playoffs. 
because the team wasn't able to do anything with him. Now they're able to do something with him, and now they're uh, going to be Western Conference contenders. And with the Preds having Soros there, that's their foundation. That's what they're building off of. And with Soros, they can build a superstar team because they have that guy. They have that, especially for how young he is and how the contract they signed him to. He's going to be a predator for a long time, and that means they're going to be they can, they're going to be a competitor for a long time if they can get the right pieces. Now they have Yossi, they have Duchesne, they have Tommy Novak, who's proving how good he is. Ryan Johansson, all, all these guys that are so important for the team that they can build around them and allow them to become the best versions of themselves, especially as they get older. Um, it's, it, this team can be set up for a lot of great things. Now, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of NHL draft talk because I'd like to uh, have a separate episode for talk about the NHL draft, especially because it's going to be here in Nashville, and it's going to be a big draft for the Preds. Uh, it's going to be uh, who, who, who are they going to get? Are they going to make any moves to go up? Uh, especially with the, the the amount of draft picks they do have, they have options there. Um, and they have options to make trades for players in the draft with the draft picks they have for this year and for next year. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I'm going to save that for a separate episode. I like to deep dive into that. And I also love to have a conversation with someone who really in the Preds mix to be able to bounce off and talk about what the draft is going to look like for the Predators. But all I can say about the Predators this season is underperforming. Yes first half overperforming in the second half and uh really showing that they're still a good team they still have a whole lot to offer they have one of the best goaltenders in the league and because of that they're going to be set up for success in the future and david poyle with a great sign off the amazing deals he made at the trade deadline and there's a lot to look forward to now, before we close out this episode and close out this main topic of the Predators, I'd like to give my two cents on John Hines. So when John Hines was first hired by the National Predators, he was picked up and uh, given a contract after being fired from the Devils, who at that time were the worst team in the NHL. Obviously, the Devils are good now, and uh, John Hines is not the coach of that good <laughs> Devils team. So I was never high and mighty on john hines i thought he was a poor choice and i thought they shouldn't have given him that long contract and some might say he, he he's been part of that team to kind of been part of that group that kept the preds status quo but obviously with the talent they had this year they weren't able to do anything in the first half to create momentum to build off of wins and build off of success and obviously there's only so much the coach can do but the buck stops with him and they underperformed and I've never been a John Hines fan. Uh, to be honest, I'd be shocked if Barry Trotz sticks with Hines because Hines was Poyle's guy. And even the uh, end of the year press conference with uh, David Poyle and uh, Barry Trotz, Barry inferred that he's going to keep his options open. But John Hines was at that press conference. And I, I remember seeing someone on Twitter saying that it's hard to believe that Barry Trotz would be highly considering firing John Hines if he were to have him at the press conference. Why would you bring a guy to the press conference 
if in your mind and the team that you're building around you, he's going to be gone and, you know, by July. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it unfolds. If there's going to be a, a coaching search, if Barry's going to be going in a different direction, I could definitely see Barry keeping him on for half a season. And from there, if he doesn't perform up to his standards, he, he's going to be gone. If I were the GM, I'm obviously not, and I never will be. Uh, I would say goodbye to John Hines, thank him for his time and go on to different direction. Cause I just do not think he's the coach to push this Preds team to being a Stanley cup champion. That's all I have for Preds. Uh, we're going to have definitely have more for you in the coming weeks as the draft gets closer uh, with a whole lot of draft talk and draft preview. Cause once again, it's going to be a very uh, important draft for the predators as they start this new chapter of both in this rebuilding retooling stage, as well as the new chapter of Barry Trotz. And it's going to be really important that they start off well and they draft well and they draft smart and don't do anything crazy. Uh, Preds got to be what the Preds are. And they're, they always had the heads on straight, always made smart decisions. And I think Barry Trotz is cool, calm, collected, and he's a really smart hockey guy. And I think we're going to see a very good draft from the predators so before we wrap up this episode uh let's go into some of the top events coming up this week um obviously saturday national takes on lafc at home it's gonna be a fun one i believe it's walker zimmerman bobblehead night so if you're a walker zimmerman fan like i am first ten thousand fans are gonna get a bobblehead uh the first bobblehead ever in nashville sc history so if you're a bobblehead collector or a sports uh, giveaway collector, make sure you get there early so you get that Walker Zimmerman bobblehead. Um, but other than the bobblehead, it's going to be a really interesting game. It's going to be an important game. If they can perform well and maybe hopefully pull out a draw, I would say that would be a major win and a major uh, step in the right direction for Nashville SC. Also this weekend, the uh, St. Jude Rock and Roll Marathon here in Nashville it, Lots of roads are going to be closed, so make sure you guys look out for that. Um, if you want to know more about the event, obviously it's uh, a little bit past signing up online to run the event, but I believe there's some uh, same-day registration if you want to run, and there's lots of different. There's a 5K, there's a, there's a 10K, there's a half marathon, there's like a dog race, there's like a kid's race. So wherever you fall in that, whether you have family or you got couple animals at home or you just want to be on the fun there's so much going on they're gonna have live music all throughout the route of the the marathon they're gonna have a beer garden downtown uh by nissan stadium they're gonna have live music there as soon as the race is over um it's gonna be super fun the streets are gonna be packed there's gonna be uh runners and competitors from all over the country and all over the world a lot of people that are going to be interesting to see how they perform because if they, they they do well at Nashville, they can qualify for the Boston Marathon next year. So it's always a great event, and it's going to be really exciting to see how it plays out because there were so many new things this year. If you go to the Sports Credentials website, you can read a Q&A I had with the race director of the Rock and Roll uh, Running Series here in Na Nashville, Erica Larson, and uh, she had a great we had a great conversation with her discussing about what fans can expect this year and what's new, what she's excited for. And if you're not really familiar with the marathon, you can learn a lot more about that. 
And then also is Talladega this weekend for all you NASCAR fans. It's going to be a huge racing weekend. I, I'd expect that the track house guys are going to be coming out in full force as they're going to want to make their impressions at Talladega. Ross Chastain looking for his first win this season. Same thing with Daniel Suarez. Obviously, Talladega out of Daytona is the biggest race of the year. So if you're a NASCAR fan or you're a guy that wants to get into NASCAR but wants that national connection, you got to watch Talladega this year. It's going to be one hell of a race. It's going to be super fun, and you're going to have a tons of great drivers to follow uh, that have the Nashville connection. Uh, Josh Berry uh, driving for Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s team in the Xfinity Series. The Big Machine team in the Xfinity Series also uh, racing at Talladega this weekend. And then obviously the track house guys being a Nashville company with Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez. I'm not sure if he's going to be sporting that Tootsie car this weekend, but he's a great driver and he, him and uh, Ross will be putting up some great performances. Nashville LC Saturday, rock and roll marathon Saturday and Talladega on Sunday. So those are my top events for the weekend. There's always stuff going on. Obviously Vandy's and Vandy boys are in knoxville playing tennessee the sounds uh are in full swing so there's always something going on in nashville but and those are my top events of the weekend to watch or attend or just look out for or follow along thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode uh love talking about it i can't wait to dive into more preds talk in the future um be sure to follow the sports credential on social media on twitter facebook and instagram and make sure to follow the sports credential podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, as well as youtube and you'll get new episodes directly on your feed and get a notification for them every single week when there's a new episode once again i'm your host Stephen boero thank you guys for listening hope you guys have a great weekend and can't wait to talk to you guys next week 